even though you're a long-term investor, you still want to check on how the company is doing quarter to quarter and just check on uh, have the fundamentals changed, uh, what has changed in there. And part of the instance that we get from that is listening in to management teams and trying to see what are they saying about the economy. On this episode of Early Bird, Eric Mokaya, lead author for the newsletter, The Transcript. Eric joins the podcast today to talk about what investors should look for when reading earnings releases, including how to find good data-driven insights for both short-term and long-term investors. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Eric, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? Very fine. Thank you for having me here. Uh, really glad to be here also to discuss earnings and earnings season uh, as we get started on it, I think, last week. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Earnings season has just started and we're about to get into the thick of things. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about what investors should look at in terms of um, look at in terms of earnings releases, how, how investors should take a look at those. But before we get to that, Eric, it's such an important topic, but I want to hear a little bit about your background. In, in about 30 seconds or less, what should the audience know about you and your background? Well, I come from Kenya, uh, born and brought up there for most of my life, but I also uh, stayed in Sweden for the last 10 years. Uh, so my background is accounting and finance. So at the intersection of those two is where I kind of operate. Uh, for the last five or so years, I've been uh, working above, uh, initially part-time as the lead author of the transcript and now full-time as the author of the transcript. Uh, at the transcript, we aggregate key quotes from earnings calls. So I've been doing that uh, every week. Uh, we send out a weekly newsletter to around 24,000 subs- uh, subscribers, free per subscribers, and then around 500 paid subscribers. Uh, so basically, that's uh, in a nutshell a bit about me. I have a couple of interests out, interests mm-hmm. out of finance, mostly football-related, uh, what they call soccer in Europe. Um, so that's just me. Nice. Uh, Eric, I think given your background, especially you know earnings, um, I think it's such an important topic. We get into this. Uh, what, in a nutshell, Eric? I'll just start right off the bat. What, what should, what should investors um, look at when they're seeing these earnings releases that are coming out? Where we've just started earnings season, how should investors examine those earnings releases? So my background is a bit more of uh, a long-term investor, uh, so in the sense of someone who wants to invest, uh, who's a value investor, wants to invest for the long term. Uh, looking around for companies that are undervalued uh, and that have long-term potential. Uh, but even though you're a long-term investor, you still want to check on how the company is doing quarter to quarter and just check on uh, have the fundamentals changed, uh, what has changed in there. And part of the instance that we get from that is listening in to management teams 
and trying to see what are they saying about the economy. So we do find that there's uh, there's a lot of, um, I mean, most people view earnings calls as having a too much fluff, but we cut through the fluff to be able to like uh, check out what are the common trends that investors need to see uh, over a long period of time. So then we're tracking themes, we're tracking key management uh, teams who have special insights sometimes, and oftentimes we do come across really uh, wonderful insights that show us how to invest. So we tend to think that you can actually uh, orient your portfolio towards what management are saying. Uh, so I think invest in some um, maybe key trends that have been identified by various management teams to be able to tap into that as you read earnings calls and all. So when you're looking at an earnings call, uh, you definitely want to, uh, an earnings call is structured in a specific way. So there's at the beginning point where the, usually the operator introduces uh, the people who are speaking, and then maybe someone from IR introduces the speakers, and then the management teams gives you the prepared remarks. Uh, the prepared remarks mostly don't have uh, a lot of detail. Uh, the best, I think, uh, things to do uh, where to get insights from are from the Q&A sections, which comes right after the prepared remarks, where uh, analysts and sometimes uh, members uh, or investors join in to ask questions. So those are the most insightful parts. And I feel like mostly the best questions are almost always at the beginning and at the end. Uh, so that's from uh, the little experience that I've had with earnings calls. Oh yeah. So what you're looking <laughs> at there? So what you're looking at there? You're always looking uh, for um, uh, evergreen quotes. Uh, so not just quotes for just the moment in time where we are in, but also like quotes that can withstand the test of time. So I think in an action, that's what you look at when you're looking at earnings calls. Oh, evergreen. That's a great way to go. And you mentioned the questions earlier, questions that are said during the call. Those are from the analysts, right? And, and those, are so, those are so important. What, what, when you're hearing the analysts ask questions and the, obviously the CEO or the CFO of the company answer those questions during the earnings call, um, how should investors interpret those uh, answers and those questions? So, uh, I mean, interpretation of questions depends on which kind of management team you're also looking at. So, say it's you're listening to Jamie Diamond, most definitely he has good insights, especially about macro issues. He's mm. not um, like a nitty-gritty kind of person. We will not give you details about how the company is really doing. He'll give you more a broad overview on how the consumer is doing, how the macro is doing, how geopolitics is doing, and how he's navigating, or at least positioning the company in terms of long-term outlook. Uh, but then if you go to uh, someone who's more detail-oriented, like the NVIDIA CEO, then you're getting very granular details on how AI is performing, how what are some of the products. He has very good knowledge of uh, on the ground. He's kind of built some of these systems, so he knows them very, very well. So you, there's a varied uh, kind of, uh, I would say, there's, there's so many, there's a varied teams of management that are looking at it, that are listening after a while, then you get the drift, you're listening after maybe one or two, three, uh, uh, maybe quarters of some of these management teams, you get a drift on what exactly they prefer talking about and what they don't want to talk about. And then in the questions, so what you're looking for are mostly, um, some questions are very insightful, and those are questions that have to do maybe with how the company is performing presently, the, the business model, if they're shifting that, or if what's their outlook, what are some of the insights that the management team maybe is gleaning from the data that they have uh, or from other uh, CEOs or management teams that they interact with? So those are very insightful questions. But then there are questions that analysts ask maybe to update their models. Those are usually not very interesting questions, and mm. you can easily glean that. So if you look at 
Uh, and after a while, you also realize some analysts are very good at asking uh, good questions. Like I think one of my favorite is Mike Mayo from uh, I think Wells Fargo. He asks very insightful questions, and especially I, I like how they interact with uh, Jamie Diamond sometimes in earnings calls. So in essence, I think you get. Uh, I mean, to summarize that would be uh, after listening to a couple of earnings calls, you get a, you get a drift of some of the management teams that have more insights about what they are doing and who are very very good at generating good insights that to help you maybe position your portfolio really well. Yeah, you you do get used to it after you you know get a chance to listen to those calls. But I, I was wondering, Eric, let's say you're an investor, you're new, you don't really have time to listen to those earnings calls. Sometimes if you're especially in the U.S. on the East Coast, they're either early morning or they're late the afternoon. Maybe you're working. You may not have time to listen to those calls. So when you're reading the transcript and when you're reading that earnings release after the fact, what should you look for? How do you separate the fluff, the PR speak that some of these companies incorporate in some of their earnings releases and, and into separating that and finding the real juicy, important numbers and trends that you need to look at? How do you sort of separate those two? I think first, uh, then you, you you have to be more in tune with which sector you're looking at. Mm. And then also, secondly, look for data-driven insights. Uh, so when a manager says, I talked to this many people and 70% of them think like this, then that's a data-driven insight that can help you in your portfolio. And sometimes you can also look for things which are out of the norm that maybe the analyst also wants to double-click on that the management has talked about. Um, for instance, I think this past week, one of the things that uh, they were uh, BlackRock got asked about was uh, something that is uh, something that is currently new, where pension funds are more keen on uh, portfolio immunization. So it's been such a long time since uh, pension funds wanted to do portfolio immunization, but then this quarter, uh, the management team at BlackRock was able to identify that as a new insight. So I think that's a small insight. Most. Uh, media houses may not may miss out on that, but as you read through, uh, try and find out what's something new that the management team are highlighting that they've learned about their consumer, about their clients, about the management teams interact with this quarter. So I think that's what I'm always looking out for. So I'm looking for some keywords that trigger that, and more often than not, uh, you find that um, things like maybe the management is seeing this, uh, seeing that trend over here, uh, something we can't explain that we've seen here and there. I think those are some of the things that I look for in, uh, and I would advise like investors to look out for in earnings calls. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Eric about what to look for in the upcoming earnings releases, including earnings for banks and big tech companies. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Eric, today we are, are talking about earnings uh, calls, what to look for in the transcripts, what to look for in the earnings releases. We have just started earnings season uh, with so many companies reporting earnings this week and in the next few weeks. Um, what are some of the big macroeconomic trends that investors are going to keep an eye on as earnings season comes out? 
So, uh, and, and I think with the first thing I talked about, which has not been, uh, I mean, it has been appearing in the past, but now it's a bit more prominent. It's things in geopolitics. In the past two years or so, geopolitics has kind of come to the center stage of earnings calls. And I think what you feel from this past week of earnings is definitely that uh, management teams are having to incorporate geopolitics into their their the outlook for the next couple of quarters or so. I think it's Jamie Diamond who said this week that this is one of the most dangerous of times that we are living in as uh, investors and as a whole. And he also talked a bit about how he's uh, positioning the company in terms of this uh, very tough geopolitical uh, situation that we are in, especially to do with Israel uh, and Gaza. And then you have the issue of Ukraine and Russia, which has been hanging over our, sh- our, uh, our shoulders for a while now. And then you have the issue of U.S. and China. So geopolitics has kind of come right uh, into the center stage, at least in the past couple of quarters. And tied to it, geopolitics is the issue of reshoring and onshoring how, uh, where, where companies which have a, a, a manufacturing base in, the, in China are having to find ways or alternative ways of making sure that their products are made because of the geopolitical situation once again between the U.S. and and, and China. And one of the things we've realized from earnings course definitely early on and which has come up in data much later is the issue of Mexico being a key beneficiary of onshoring and reshoring. So I think that's one. And then maybe the second one which I can talk about and then um, and then I, I, I get it back to you maybe for more questions. One, the second one is on AI. Definitely mm. right top of mind for everyone. Every company is trying to uh, at least make sure they mention AI as many times as possible in the earnings call. Uh, so I think that's a trend that you see. Uh, but I think now AI has been mentioned in a couple of, I think it's four or five quarters of mentioning AI. Uh, but now I think we kind of uh, pass peak a little and companies are now at that stage where they have to realize, okay, how do we actually productize uh, AI? How do we sell AI to our consumers? I think Microsoft has figured it out a bit. I think charging thirty dollars uh, per user on uh, using the co-pilot. So I think those are business models now. It's about how will company actually leverage AI to be able to drive earnings uh, and all. Not just mentioning that we are doing this or that, but now actually telling people like, okay, we have this product, we've shown it to our consumers, and this this many number of people actually want to use it. So that's where we are in terms of uh, if I were to pick two topics that are top of mind for investors and analysts. I think those are two, I would say. Yeah, those are great, great examples. Geopolitical risk as well as AI. Those are coming up. I mean, of course, there are the other issues, interest rates, inflation, that, that, that are also top of mind as well. Um, we just heard a few days ago some of the big banks report earnings. And this week, we're still going to hear more earnings from uh, banks yeah. and other financial institutions. Um, what do you make of the big bank earnings so far, and what are you looking forward to when you're hearing the rest of the financial services sector give earnings releases this week? So I think in terms of uh, takeaways from the big banks, there isn't much really to pick, uh, to pick home apart from the geopolitical situation that the, all of them are concerned about. So one thing that they are all concerned about is Basel III, uh, I think the I think we are further along in the process of uh, trying to finalize some of the rules on 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 uh, the impact that some of these companies would uh, banks would have in terms of if Basel three comes to uh, comes to be uh, comes to see light of day. So I think some of the stats that I picked up is JP Morgan saying that their capital requirements may increase by around twenty five percent or fifty billion dollars uh, in terms of if if uh, if Basel three comes to be. 
I think that's a substantial increase that the investors should pay attention to, and that would have an impact definitely on whether they will do buybacks or they could be able to uh, release some dividends. Uh, so I think that's something to pay attention to from the big banks. Uh, secondly, the other thing I noticed is that, uh, of course, we've sh- seen a couple of IPOs in the past couple of months um, uh-huh. as markets try to open up a little bit. Um, I mean, we saw Instacart and I think Arm, uh, so that's very interesting. But generally what they're saying is that there are some weak green shoots, but there's not, uh, like, it's not, it's not enough, like, to 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 really revitalize the market. So it's 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 a little bit of hope, but not much hope, I would say. Uh, so I think for some of the banks, uh, they've been having three or four quarters of really tough times, uh, especially in investment banking. So I think it's some green shoots over there. And I mean, finally, also one thing to, uh, I've been tracking a bit was credit quality. Mm. Uh, it's deteriorated modestly ac- across uh, the big banks. Uh, I think Wells Fargo said that, uh, I mean, the net charges have continued to increase from low historical levels. Uh, and JP Morgan talk about, talked about normalization of the consumer more or less in terms of credit quality. So it's not deteriorating that fast. And I think that's the surprising thing in the market. So people have been expecting a, a recession for around how many, four or five quarters now. And we're still here, no recession yet. The consumer is still doing okay. They've tapped into their savings. They're spending a bit more than usual still, but the credit quality is still okay. So I think that's where we are at. Nothing really bad is happening in the economy. And I think that's a surprise for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Did Investors so? are totally stunned by this. <laughs> Everyone expected to be in a recession by now. Um, yeah. And, and that's it's, it's I mean, such a surprise. And, and I mean, that's also the other thing you pick in earnings calls, that everybody at some point is like yelling, recession, 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 like <laughs> last year, you know, big dark clouds. It's a year later, no recession yet. So yeah. it's still going. So, Eric, um, you talked a little bit about the banks. Obviously, the big sector, everyone can't wait to hear from technology. We're about to, in the next week or two, hear from some of the big technology players. Um, what should investors listen for during those earnings calls with, with big technology companies? You mentioned AI, but what else should be top of mind for investors? I think uh, for big tech, it's also to see how the the, the phone market and uh, PC markets have been doing. They've been doing badly the past couple of quarters. So looking for signs of stability in that regard. Uh, something else is semiconductors. Uh, there's been quite a bit of shortage in the past. Now maybe look out for the swing in the other direction where you could end up in overstocking. And then for AI, you're looking out for not just mentions of product uh, like okay, we're doing this collaboration with NVIDIA, this, that other collaboration. Look out for what are companies really doing to implement AI in such a way that they're able to productize it and they're able to earn money from it. Mm. Uh, So you're looking for statistics on adoption in terms of AI in some of the markets that these companies have gone to and what is the response from customers. So if you're going to earnings call, ask them what's what's the traction in terms of actually productizing AI. I think that's important. Uh, but I think generally because, uh, you know, this year the best performers in the stock market are actually the big tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, <laughs> driven mostly by AI. So that's been surprising a bit. So it's also time to, maybe time for investors to check whether their expectations of AI's improvement of earnings is actually uh, is, is actually based on reality. So. I feel like we are soon close to the point where we'll get a reality check for some of these companies that are just uh, driven by mentioning AI and earnings calls. So I think that's where we are at. But definitely lots of things to check out. But 
he's definitely AI. I think especially big tech. Oh yeah, that, you're going to hear AI said a lot for big tech, but a lot of companies as well in the next few weeks during those earnings calls. Um, Eric, yes. re- real quick, in about 30 seconds or so, if you're a brand new investor and you're new to investing and earnings and you're not really sure about what to to look, spot when you when a company releases earnings, what advice would you give to those investors who are new to this sort of thing? I mean, dive deep into one in company that you're interested in. Um, just listening on the earnings calls and read the transcript and see what do you learn from it and maybe take one or two notes from it. And almost definitely, if you're new to earnings calls, just try subscribe to our newsletter, uh, the transcript. We try to aggregate the best uh, quotes from earnings calls. And then I think we can you can learn from us and maybe dig deeper into the earnings call that specifically interests you. Uh, and then beyond that, of course, we can definitely engage. I'm on social media a lot. We can... Uh, see what 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 are you learning and engage and exchange some of the notes of what you're learning. So, mm-hmm. but my my best advice is dig deep into one earnings call transcript and maybe try one of the big tech ones. Especially, mm-hmm. I think my favorite is usually Microsoft and uh, also uh, I mean Microsoft and I think also you can check out Nvidia. So very interesting earnings calls because they the the, the the management team really knows their staff very well, so yeah. like you get to learn a lot in this process. Also, good, great advice. Well, real quick, the, the URL for that for the the transcript. What is that? So we are found at thetranscript.substack.com. So you Perfect. can find us there, and we are on Twitter, the transcript underscore. That's all, and then you can find us. Uh, I think if you <laughs> if you Google search us, we should be top on SEO, the transcripts, nice. <laughs> the earnings calls. Yeah, but uh, also thank you so much, I mean, for inviting me. Eric, thank you too. Uh, your advice has been great. Uh, before we wrap up the discussion, I just have one final question for you, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Eric, is if you had an autobiography, what would be the title of that autobiography? <laughs> you really caught me off guard on that one. I would say it's just... Um, let me think about it a little bit. Uh, I would, I, I would call it unbridled energy uh, and desire to win in life. That's all. Nice. Thank you again to Eric Mokaya for sharing your insights on earnings, and thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. 